I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help the news help you make the news make sense today. Uh, and it continues to swirl uh, as it always does. So we're going to break down a, a number of things today. And as always, uh, we want to have you weigh in, help us elevate the conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at five seven five zero zero again five seven five zero zero. Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, uh, chime in today, help us elevate the conversation, give us some insight that'll help us make the news make sense. Uh, as we look at what's going on in our nation's capital today, of course, uh, all eyes are are on the stimulus package, the $1.9 trillion uh, program, and it looks like it will be voted on in the House, likely on Friday, uh, which will push it into next week as, in terms of the Senate taking it up. There are uh, a lot of things in there. There are a lot of things uh, to debate, uh, and my hope is that they will actually debate them, that they will actually have those conversations out in front of the American people as opposed to behind closed doors. Uh, and these uh, cover a wide range of things from uh, a lot of funding for uh, states. A uh, big chunk of the $1.9 trillion goes to states that are struggling. Uh, and those are not the states that you would always imagine. <laughs> uh, and it's certainly not the state of Utah uh, because we're doing things right. And so why we are being asked to pay for uh, the mistakes of other states or uh, things that uh, did not encourage them enough to balance their budgets, to live within their means, to be strategic in terms of their planning. Uh, not that everything's perfect here, but we do get the fiscal part right here in the state of Utah. We balance the budget. Uh, the legislature, the governor, uh, and the, the counties, the local officials, everyone works together to make these things work in a way that makes sense, that does not add uh deficits the deficit spending is not the thing uh, so we're going to continue to watch that uh let's go quickly uh, senator dick durbin uh from the uh senate judiciary chair uh, he weighed in on a number of things this morning kind of give us a, a wide swath of uh, how the democrats are approaching this week as they continue to have hearings over a number of president biden's nominees uh, as well as getting to the covid relief package and even all the way into minimum wage here's what dick durbin had to say if you ask any senator about this reconciliation process and raising the minimum wage, they're going to throw up their hands. There are so many things we cannot answer until we actually get the bell on the table, submit it to the parliamentarian, get a ruling from the parliamentarian, decide what has to be done to comply with the so-called burn rule. Uh, these things are really rare. They don't come around very often and complicated as heck. 
So we're working through it. I support an increase in the minimum wage. Don't give me a sermon or make a speech about ending income inequality in America and then tell me, oh, we're not going to raise the minimum wage. We haven't touched it for years. It's time. Now we've got to move forward. We've really got to come together as a nation, put personal agendas and political agendas aside. We've got to stop this pandemic so our kids can get back in school, businesses reopen, and America get back to normal. These are pretty wide-ranging set of comments there from Dick Durbin, one of the senior uh, Democrats in the Senate. And the thing that's interesting to me uh, is the fact that he pointed out the fact that he has not yet seen the bill. So for all of the gyrations that are going on, for all the arguments that are being made by the left and by the right uh, back in Washington, D.C., they haven't seen it in the Senate and they have not delivered it to the parliamentarian. There are some things that you cannot do in the Senate as it relates to things. And, And one of the big issues, clearly, is dealing with the minimum wage issues because they're doing this through a process called budget reconciliation, which is the only way that the Democrats would be able to pass this uh, without having to get 60 senators to vote uh, on it. So this is a procedural thing. We may have to call in our uh, friend James Walner to explain this later on this week. Uh, but it's one of those things where they can't just throw everything into this particular kind of bill, this budget reconciliation bill. Uh, it's the way a lot of things get thrown in. Uh, without really having to be vetted, without really having to be debated or amended uh, or have accountable votes on. So you throw a lot of things in there. Sometimes the parliamentarian says, nah, not so fast. Uh, Senate rules say you can't include that in a reconciliation bill. And so uh, many people are waiting to see what that's going to be and what's going to happen next there uh, as it relates to uh, the minimum wage. I know that uh, our good friend Lee Lonsberry is going to be taking on that conversation and, and why why so many are saying, hey, a lot of this is happening at the state and local level uh, as it relates to minimum wage. And so do we do we need something federally done? Do we need to have something that fits New York, but not Utah uh, in terms of our, our minimum wage and how those things play out? And so stay tuned. Uh, Lee Lonsbury coming up on live mic this afternoon. Uh, we'll have some great insights, some great numbers uh, and some uh, great analysis as it relates to minimum wage. So stay tuned to, for that coming up later on uh, KSL News Radio today. Uh, I want to go to Representative Jason Smith, Republican from Missouri. Uh, he is the budget committee uh, in the House. He's he's the ranking Republican on that. And uh, he came out over the weekend and early this week, actually it was Monday, uh, saying uh, that this is not quite the right plan uh, for America right now. Simply put, this is the wrong plan at the wrong time and for all the wrong reasons. It's the wrong plan because this bill will directly harm America's working class. It sends $510 billion to state and local governments that only further rewards state lockdowns. It is the wrong plan because this bill spends $471 billion on policies that will reduce employment and destroy jobs. At least 1.4 million, according to the Congressional Budget Office, and disproportionately, harm low-wage workers, disabled workers, and less educated workers. It is the wrong plan because also packed into the $471 billion is an expansion of unemployment insurance to the point where more than half of Americans would earn more money from unemployment benefits than working. 
So again, that's Representative Jason Smith out of Missouri uh, in the House. He's the uh, ranking member on the Budget Committee. Uh, and so he called out a number of things there in terms of how this money is being spent. Uh, again, $510 billion to state and local government uh, that actually further rewards state lockdowns, uh, state control of so many things, uh, and states that were not responsible in terms of how they have been dealing with their fiscal house. Uh, so I think that's uh, going to be one of the real sh- uh, challenges and the real sticking points is why are, why are we having this big of a bill and why is such a large percentage of it not really going to the American people, uh, not going to small business, but going to states uh, who have either mismanaged or been ill-prepared for a pandemic? Uh, and granted, we there are times when those things have to happen. You have to have that kind of help. Uh, but this uh, does not seem to be the right bill the right way. Uh, Utah Junior Senator Mitt Romney uh, said this was a clunker uh, of a bill, the $1.9 trillion, uh, just really out of whack and not really targeting the things that would help individual Americans the most. And to me, that's the real test. And to me, this is an interesting argument in terms of what is the proper role of government in all of this. Government has a role to play, to be sure. Uh, but are we playing the right role? Are we doing it the right way uh, is always a really good question for all of us uh, to be thinking through. And we'll continue to follow that and track that. Uh, we'll be talking about proper role of government as we, we move through uh, and really the proper role of citizens and our connections. Uh, we're going to have uh, uh, our, our friends from the Wheatley Institute. Paul Edwards is going to come uh, join us here uh, in our next segment uh, but just have to get you a, a real quick, uh, sometimes my life is weird moment. You ever have those where you just have to stop and say, my life's really weird? Yesterday, I was scheduled to be on a uh, cable news network uh, for an hour, uh, talking about all the issues of the day, talking about budgets, talking about stimulus plans, talking about health care and job uh, minimum wage and so on. And I uh, happened to be on air uh, when the news broke, uh, a very concerning news broke about uh, Tiger Woods and, and his accident, uh, the injuries to his leg, the surgery that he was having. Uh, and normally, when you're on as a guest analyst, uh, when breaking news happens, they, they thank you for joining them, and then they dismiss you, and they go on to whatever the breaking news is. Uh, yesterday was just a little odd in that I ended up staying on this cable news show for an hour talking about Tiger Woods. So I can tell my children I've been a sports analyst now uh, as we broke down his career, his life, his comebacks, uh, what's going to happen next, how will this surgery impact where he goes and his legacy and so on. Uh, but it was just one of those moments where you go in thinking you're going to be talking about $1.9 million of stimulus money and you end up talking about somebody's backswing uh, and how many major championships they've won. So it was an interesting uh, conversation, but it definitely fell into sometimes my life is weird. Uh, if you have a sometimes my life is weird moment, send it in on the text line, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. I would like to know some of those moments in your life where you just say, you know what, sometimes my life's kind of weird. Uh, weigh in on that today. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. As I mentioned, when we come back, Paul Edwards is going to join us from Wheatley Institution uh, talking about some of their events, uh, some great conversations happening there. You don't want to miss it. Stay here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com 
or wherever you listen to podcasts.